Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Donna McCollum. Donna is also known as the Fairy Godmother, and she has been in the world of coaching, teaching, and facilitating workshops, retreats, and online programs since 2005. She teaches in three key areas, getting clear on your dreams and goals and vision for your life and how to manifest those desires, your money and personal finances, and thirdly, the alignment of body, mind, soul to create ease, well-being and abundance. On a more personal note, I've known Donna since 2018, first as a participant in her Money Magic program and later on in her Dreams and Goals with Soul program, as well as her Financial Flow for Entrepreneurs program. And I continue to receive coaching from her on a regular basis on an accountability program. And Donna's guidance and support have been instrumental in my own journey and made a huge difference in shaking of wealth and abundance related fears and really building my business on a solid foundation. And we've also collaborated on a couple of webinars together, supporting folks to release money related fears and worries and limiting beliefs using one of my absolute favorite energy medicine tools, EFT or tapping. And I just love Donna's authenticity and enthusiasm. So welcome, Donna. Oh, thank you, Emmy. Uh, what a beautiful introduction. Wow. And I'm just so delighted to have been invited onto your podcast. Yay. Uh, it's a blessing to have you with us, Donna. And I am super, super excited to be learning from you today. Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always like to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you personally? What sacred feminine power means to me is connecting and integrating the attributes of the divine feminine inside each one of us. So whether that's the attributes, you know, things like receptivity, creativity, vision, surrender, flow, um, so that these energy types can be harnessed to really help us create our biggest and our best lives. Um, and in my life, this journey with the sacred feminine has been profoundly transformational. Um, and since about 2017, Emmy, my, it's, my focus has shifted slightly from just the sacred feminine into like the dance and experience of the integration between the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine, both internally inside myself and also externally into the outside world. Um, and I know that you were first introduced to my work, Emmy, because you did that free webinar on the masculine and feminine aspects of money in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I mean by my fascination around the dance and, and the connection and the integration between these masculine and feminine energies. Um, so in the last few years, I've been fascinated with watching the masculine and feminine energy play out through money consciousness. And also similarly in my manifesting work, teaching students um, to look at the interplay between the masculine and feminine energy so that we can really birth and manifest our authentic dreams and goals. Mm, absolutely. I love that. And I hope we're going to get a chance to delve into this dance and the interplay between the feminine and the masculine a little bit later on as well. 
But what I would love to hear from you now, Donna, is if you could share one challenge that you face in your life that's really helped you to activate sacred feminine power and really start to work with this interconnection between the feminine and the masculine energies in your life and on your life's path. Yeah, so the main challenge that really activated my sacred feminine power was that in my 20s, I was so in my masculine energy. I had this crazy drive, ambition, career focus. I was an entrepreneur. I started a number of businesses. Some were successful, some were not. Um, but I was so in my mind and I was also so disembodied um, that I experienced burnout three times. Mm. And I know much masculine energy and so in 2005 I sold one of my businesses um, which had been a very successful business um, but I was really at this brink of burnout again and I was 29 years old and I took a sabbatical to South America and it was during that time that I had this real awakening into what I didn't know was the feminine at that time, but it was a time for me of softening and of opening and flowing. of travel around South America. And for the first time, I really experienced moving into my body, then into my heart. And it was during this time that I had an epiphany that my life's work um, and, and a kind of a vision about being a fairy godmother, which was a very feminine archetype that I was quite astounded by when I you know, had this epiphany because I'd never related to myself through a feminine lens before. I had related to myself with quite masculine archetypes, like, you know, I'm a warrior or I'm a fighter or I'm a pioneer or I'm an adventurer. Um, and even my concept of a business person or an entrepreneur was quite masculine in focus. Um, and then as complete serendipity and luck would have it, when I returned from South America towards the end of 2005, I sat next to um, a woman called Shakti Malan at a wedding of a mutual friend. And we connected very quickly and very deeply. And I shared with her my vision of being a fairy godmother. And it was this new, raw, vulnerable vision that I had no idea what it, what it meant. Um, but she, it just, she felt like a really safe place to share it. And at the time she then shared with me her vision of being a Dakini. And we were so excited and enthused by each other's vision that we agreed to barter and swap sessions with each other to kind of help trial out our processes on each other. And so I ended up supporting her with her vision and manifesting. Um, and she supported me around my own feminine sexual awakening. And when I look back now in hindsight, I realize how profoundly fortunate I was to have been taught at such a personal and intimate level by someone who just became a master of this sacred feminine work. And, you know, I was feel very blessed that Shakti was one of my dear friends and teachers and students. Um, and, um, she, she passed in 2017, but she, she provided me such a conduit into connecting to the sacred feminine. Um, and I think you were one of her students too, Emmy. 
Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm having goosebumps all over me as I listen to you talk about that. I also had the absolute honor of meeting Shakti. I believe it was sometime in 2010 in South Africa. We were both participants in a workshop and um, her energy and her, her whole presence was just magical. And uh, I've done a couple of programs with her as well. So I completely relate to what you're saying and what an amazing opportunity to have shared with her at such a deep, intimate level and to learn from her and to teach her as well. Yeah, it was just, you know, if I look back at, at the profound connections in my life, I mean, she is absolutely one of the most, most profound connections, teachers and has has impacted so much of my life, of my teaching. Um, yeah, I feel very honored and blessed to have been on the journey with her. Um, so, did I answer your question? <laughs> I went on a tangent. No, you did. You absolutely did. And I would love to just um, hear a little bit more about how this introduction and this deep dive into the sacred feminine um, is kind of playing out in your life now and how you see this challenge of the burnout that you went through. How do you see it as a blessing now in hindsight? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the blessing of having these burnouts was that I had to seek an alternative way of being in the world. Um, it just was so clear to me that it wasn't working out. It wasn't working um, the way I was holding energy. And the biggest blessing for me was getting into my body and becoming embodied. Um, and then experiencing all the sensual pleasure that now exists in my life because I'm so aware of the bliss of being in a body. And I mean, I, I remember viscerally um, one of the exercises that I did on one of Shakti's workshops. She made us spend 45 minutes eating a mango with like full awareness, presence and sensuality. And it was just one of my hugest, like, wow, actually moment by moment, I can live this embodied bliss. Um, and so that's been an incredible blessing. And while I can still very easily flip into being cerebral <laughs> and I can also flip into that masculine drive and ambition. Um, and that's been a journey for me to just, you know, be in a lot of awareness of that when I flip into that space. So much of the sacred feminine practice that I've learned through the years is about the enjoyment of experiencing the five senses through the body and how present that makes one. And, um, and now being a new mom, um, which has also been a journey into, you know, the motherhood archetype of the sacred feminine, which has just been so rich for me. And because I'm, I'm older at 44 and, and this is happening to me at a time when I've, I've, I've done this sacred feminine work, what's landing for me even more is being so present with my son and just watching his delight of being embodied now at eight months old and being able to, to really take that mirroring from him and, and embrace it again and remind myself again of that in my own life. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I can so relate to, to learn, see, seeing our children as these beautiful, amazing, magical teachers and especially this embodiment and you use the word delight delighted in being embodied that's such a beautiful phrase to use could, could you expand a little bit more about 
what what this embodiment means for you in relation to your work as well, your all the beautiful programs that you're putting out there in the world. How does the embodiment translate and reflect in your work? So the embodiment translates and reflects into my work because I approach all of my work, whether I'm teaching about manifesting, whether I'm teaching about money and finances, whether I'm teaching about abundance, um, as an alignment of body, mind, and soul. So, you know, one of the things a number of my students um, say often when they do my programs is like, oh, wow, this program's not just about money and budgeting and saving and investing. It's not just the physical tools, but it's also the emotional aspects, the mental aspects, and also the spiritual aspects. And so what this embodiment has helped me do is to realize that we're not just mental beings. And I think that so much of our current culture is so caught up with just being mental and on the mental plane, ideas and um, connection to information. Um, but it's actually only when we um, are able to bring information into the realm of experience and the five senses um, that we truly live it. So I'll give you an example. Um, last year, I started a new program, a new body of work uh, called the Seven Levels of Abundance, because what I found was that a number of my students and myself included um, had created amazing money and financial practices in our lives, such that we you know, are incredibly abundant financially. And yet something happened um, in 2018 in um in cape town in the city that i live in and that was something called day zero and there was this incredible fear and threat of the water is going to run out in the city yes i remember and, that yes and i know much better than to buy into media hype because <laughs> one of the things that i teach in my programs like don't get hooked in to that kind of stuff but unconsciously i got i got hooked in and um, I, and we were also having 30-second showers and all of these, you know, crazy things were going on. We were really limited in our water. And, and the media kept saying, you know, it's only 30 days or 60 days until day zero, the water's going to run out. And suddenly I went into a scarcity mindset that I hadn't experienced for a number of years. And I didn't actually even realize I was in the scarcity mindset, but I got so disembodied again, Emmy, and I went into such paranoia in my head, not knowingly, it, it kind of translated out into my business, all the action that I was taking, things weren't happening. And it was only about four or five months later, while I was running one of my retreats in Portugal, that I suddenly got it. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in this massive scarcity mentality. I've gone into the scarcity spiral. And what I realized is that you can have millions of dollars in assets and properties and investments or whatever it is, right? And you can still be in crazy scarcity. Mm. And I was like, you know, there's nothing for me to feel scarce about. <laughs> you know, I, I have, I, I'm, I'm a wealthy um, woman financially, spiritually, emotionally in my life. What is this? And what I realized is that I flipped again out of my embodied states and into this mental space. And, and that's why I created the seven levels of abundance work, really using the chakras 
as, um, as a diagnostic tool to see where our scarcity blocks are. And one of the beautiful things that as I ran that program in 2019, it's a seven month program and we go really deep. Um, one of the things that was so clear for me was that I am root chakra deficient. Um, and so this embodiment and being grounded and rooted is such a necessary practice for me. And as I started to do all the practices that I was, um, you know, coaching my students through and facilitating my students through, and as I was really practically daily doing them in my own life, all sorts of magic, magical manifestations started to really ground for me. Um, because again, at the next level, I was getting out of the cerebral and into the body. And, um, and you know, there's in spiritual practices, there's, there's this amazing um, quest for liberation, which actually is the energy moving up the chakras from, from root chakra up into crown. Uh, and, you know, we're wanting to then connect at a crown level with source, etc. cetera. Um, and, and the big realization for me was that there is an equal and opposite movement down from source spirit, the divine through the crown and down the chakras into the ground. Um, and yeah, so, and that allows us to, to manifest materially on the material plane. And it was like a missing link that I, that I suddenly realized in my own work. And that has, has created a next level of transformation for me in my life. And also through my programs, through my money programs, manifesting programs. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's, that's been an amazing next, next level of this embodiment. Mm, that is beautiful and, and such an important practice to be doing very, very consciously, especially at the moment when there's so much craziness happening around us in the world, whilst our planet is also ascending into 5D consciousness. And rather than us kind of <laughs> spending our time in that crown connection to the divine, which of course is absolutely important as well, being able to root into Mother Earth and stay in our body, being that embodied state is so important, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, you know, it's pivotal because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm. And while, you know, whatever spiritual practice you're doing, it feels incredibly blissful and exquisite to connect at a crown level and a third eye level up into source. Um, it has to be grounded back into, into the world um, so that you, get, that you get both experiences. You get the true, real, lived human experience, not just, you know, and I think that there, there's a lot of polarization going on in the world. That is very clear. You, we okay. just have to look around and we can see how much polarization there is in everything. Um, and so a big part of my quest at the moment is to move out of that polarized space within me and really integrate because obviously the polarization in the world is a reflection of my own polarization. And so one of, this is one of the reasons why, you know, in the introduction I spoke to and your first question, I spoke to the integration of the masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. And while it's incredibly important to do the work of a spiritual or the work of the material or the work of the feminine or the work of the masculine, for me, I think there's such a deep call at the moment for us as individuals to integrate, because if we're wanting to see the integration at an external level, we know that we have to do it as individuals and internally. 
Absolutely. And, and for me, the whole concept of the sacred feminine power, it's not just about the feminine. It truly is about that collaboration, that co-creation and that integration between the masculine and the feminine energies. But I would love to pick your brain, um, Donna, a little bit more about this integration. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about the masculine and feminine energies around money and around the scarcity and the poverty consciousness that so many of us still live in. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this has been one of the beautiful explorations for me as I've done more and more and more of this work is, is how to integrate the masculine and the feminine. So I, I want to give you some context for what that actually means in terms of, you know, what does the masculine of money look like and what does the feminine of money look like? Um, but first an acknowledgement that the majority of people in the world are holding negative beliefs, disempowering beliefs about money. And I find this time and time again, when people come and do my money magic programs or my financial flow for entrepreneur programs is that they, the biggest shift is shifting through the disempowering and negative beliefs we have about money or we have about wealth or we have about capitalism or any of that. So that. um, so that you can move into a frame where you can actually engage with money. So um, one of the metaphors that I like to use with people that really opens up um, this idea um, of being in a good relationship with money is that everything in life can be seen in terms of relationship and that you have a relationship with people in your lives. You have a relationship with things. And for the purposes of this conversation now, Amy, you have the, you have a relationship with money. And if you imagined that money was a person, um, then most people, when they actually think about how they currently treat money or what their relationship with money is like, realize that they are not a very good partner to money. If money, if you characterize money as a partner, right? Mm. Um, And the truth is that if you consider things in terms of relationship, most relationships in life are transient. You know, even those that we say, you know, I'm going to marry this person. It's still transient. Relationships with people do end. Relationships with most things end. And there are only two relationships that last our whole lives. The first is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And the second is the relationship that we have with money. Mm. And most people don't ever see it in this context. And for me, that's been the basis upon which um, the foundation of my work is based. I help people transform their relationships with themselves and transform their relationships with money um, because those are the lifelong relationships. And if you do that, everything else in your life uh, will transform. And so, so when you consider money as a person, Similarly to a person where there is masculine aspects of a person and feminine aspects of a person, it doesn't matter what gender you are, whether you're male or female. Um, So what are the masculine aspects of money and what are the feminine aspects of money? Well, they go along the masculine and feminine aspects. So what are some of the things that money likes and needs? So from a masculine perspective, money likes and needs order. Money likes and needs structure. Money likes and needs certainty and clarity. Money likes and needs to be organized and managed. 
and money likes and needs purpose. And so that's the masculine aspect of money. And the feminine aspect of money is that money likes and needs to be circulating and flowing. It likes to be in relationship. And in fact, those people that it's in great relationship with, it flows to, it is attracted to, um, and it, it's just an easy um, energy for those people to use because they're in great relationship with it and money is in great relationship with them. Um, the feminine aspect of money is also receptivity. And this is a huge thing that I find, particularly in many of um, the women that I work with. Most of my students are women. And, um, and I find that we have been so ingrained in our culture that it's better to give than to receive. And so many women are in this space of being the giver that when it comes to the relationship with money, they don't know how to actually open to receiving. Um, and receiving money for um, the things they do in their life and or receiving money just for the pure pleasure of receiving. Because um, this is one of the other things that I teach is that there is such a ingrained belief for so many people that work equals money. That, you know, only if you do a certain amount of work or you put in a certain amount of hours or you work really hard, then money will come. And one of the beautiful practices and, and belief shifting transformations that I teach is that um, work equals work and money equals money. And if you learn how to receive, you can be incredibly attractive to money um, beyond the work. Um, and, and then money starts making its own money. Um, and then the, another feminine aspect of money is um, vision. And holding vision um, and then of course the reason why I call my money program money magic is the pure magic of money and I know Emmy through you know being a student of my programs you have experienced some of this magic I remember when you first did my money magic program um, you started doing some um, some of my, my using some of my tools and suddenly a property that you'd had um, sold that you'd been trying for years to sell and there's a real magic um, that one can connect into from a feminine aspect um, when you work with money. Yes, absolutely. And, and it literally, it, it was magical. It was my grandmother's flat. Uh, she passed in a few years ago and um, we had been trying to sell that flat for, I think for about two or three years and there was absolutely no interest. And then I started applying the tools that you were teaching in that program. And within a week of me starting to use those tools, we got interest in the flat. And within a couple of weeks, with tweaking some of the tools that I had learned, we sold the flat and it was absolutely amazing. And I used that say, those same tools again um, just a couple of years ago to, to sell one of my own apartments. And it went easily, it went quickly, and I sold the flat for so much higher than I actually ever expected to be able to sell it for. So thank you, Donna. <laughs> Yeah, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. And, you know, it always, it always astonishes and delights me. And I hope it never stops astonishing and delighting me. You know, even though I've worked with thousands of students on their money stuff and seen so much magic, whenever there is even the slightest bit of magic around this money stuff, I always just get so like delighted and excited and filled with wonder because money is 
you know, has such a bad rap, <laughs> actually, yes. and particularly in spiritual circles, you know, yes. money has such a bad rap and it can be such an amazing energy to work with. And in my spiritual journey, it has been one of my greatest teachers. It really has. And, um, you know, recently I, um, I was asked to speak a few years ago at a red tent event around money. Uh, and you know, the red tent space is, you know, such a beautiful, sacred feminine space. And I spoke into that space about money being the most incredible teacher. And I know that for a few women who participated in that session, they had just such a profound shift in suddenly relating to money as a teacher, that things in their life shifted from a money and a wealth perspective. Um, yeah, just, I love the magic of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you refer to money as a teacher and one of your biggest teachers as well, because th there is so much depth to the energy of money and, and working with the vibration of the energy of money just opens the whole concept up on a very, very different level from looking at money as this, what people often consider a very cold, very, very masculine as well, um, concept and a very concrete tangible thing that has absolutely no energy or vibration attached to it could you speak a little bit more to the energetic aspect of money as well please yeah so i think one of the reasons why money is seen as this cold and um very masculine energy is because it has been held in the masculine line for millennia mm -hmm. so if you consider money, it has been, you know, we are probably the first, maybe the second generation um, of women who have actually been allowed to handle money. Mm. And this is one of the things that makes me so passionate about my money work is, is many women are so afraid of money and so are men. Um, and, but you, they're afraid of money because we haven't ever been taught to use it. And in our ancestral lineage, there isn't a history of having any power with money. Um, we've had to exercise our power with money through men. Um, so previously, our fathers have handled the money or our brothers have handled the money or our husbands have handled the money. And um, so this is one of the, the things that makes me so passionate about being able to see money in the light of the dance of the the, the sacred masculine and feminine because we're now in a situation where women are can be empowered around money. We can make our own money. We can manage our own money. We can handle our own money. And it's such an opportunity for us to bring the feminine aspect into this, into this energy so that it is represented and so that it isn't this cold, hard um, energy. So one of the things that I've realized through my over a decade of work with students around money is that money is the neutral energy. And so many people perceive money to be not neutral. They perceive it to be specifically according to their beliefs. So, you know, it's materialistic or it's hard or it's nasty or it's arrogant or it's selfish or it's um, corrupt or it's whatever that is, right? Um, but money is actually a neutral energy and it takes on the energetic characteristic of whatever person 
or organization it flows through. So it takes on the energy and the values. So if it flows through you, Emmy, and you are generous, creative, connected to the sacred feminine, it, as it flows through you and as you spend it and work with it, what happens with money is it's an incredible amplifier. So it's neutral, but it amplifies. And as you, more and more money flows through you, Emmy, what will be amplified is your generosity, the sacred feminine, the creativity, um, the incredible serving and healing that you do in the world. That will be amplified. And so many of my students, when they first come to me, before they do the work with me, are so afraid of making more money or getting more money or um, attracting more money because, oh my goodness, it's going to turn me into a nasty person or a materialistic person or a selfish person or an arrogant person. But actually what it does is as it moves through you, it enhances the values that you hold in the world. And so this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about so many women learning. And I'm so excited to teach so many women about money because the more we can hold and attract money uh, through us, the more our feminine values um, will, be, will be amplified in the world. The values of collaboration, the values of creation, the values of service and serving and healing. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that, is, that is so beautiful. And there was so much wisdom in everything you said there, Donna. And even though I've gone through quite a few of your programs, I'm even now picking up on deeper levels of insight for myself around what you're talking about. So the, the, the journey never ends. And it's, it is so exciting to, to chat with you, Donna. And just every time I listen to you, I just get something new that deepens and enriches my understanding of money and not just money, but, but everything around money as well, the energy and the vibration and the frequency and um, have new ideas of, of what I am going to incorporate into my, my life and my, my business as well. So thank you for that, Donna. Um, I think our listeners are also getting a lot of new insights and ideas and a lot of inspiration from you. If they wanted to connect with you, Donna, how would they do that? Yeah, so one of the best ways, um, and I think what I would love to do is I would love to give your listeners access to some, a series of, of, of three videos that I have that really go into more depth around connecting to your relationship with money, understanding what that is, and also understanding your disempowering or limiting beliefs that are currently, that you're currently holding around money and how to start shifting those. Um, so I have a series of three videos that you can go through. They're completely free. Um, and it'll really give you some insights and access into what your specific individual disempowering beliefs are and how to start shifting them. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I think that's going to go far in terms of benefiting um, our listeners and really changing their experience around money. And how, how would our listeners find you outside of those visit, uh, outside of those videos that you are gifting us? Um, how you would find me is very simple. Um, fairygodmotherinc.com. So fairygodmother.
Godmother, as in F-A-I-R-Y, Fairy Godmother Inc., I-N-C for incorporated.com. Um, and also you will find me on Facebook, Donna McCallum, Fairy Godmother. Um, I'm also on Instagram as Flowing Fairy Godmother. And those are the kind of three main channels that I have. I blog on my website. Um, and on my website, you'll find a number of free tools there are audios, there are eBooks, there are guided meditations. So please go have a look there. Um, and you know, if you sign up for any of those, then you'll automatically be signed up for my newsletter, which I send out kind of every, every week. Um, and, and you'll be able to see details of, of my programs. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Donar. And before we start wrapping up for today, is there anything else that you'd still like to, to tell our listeners? Yeah, just that one of the most powerful things that you can do for your life and, you know, for your children is to shift and get into great relationship with money. Um, you know, this is one of the things that I've seen, particularly in this 2020 year um, of coronavirus, how many people have gone into uncertainty, how many people have gone into financial panic, how many people don't have great relationship with money. And so money has become a, a, a tremendous um, creator of instability for many people um, and a pain point and a stress point. And it really doesn't need to be that way. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I find so often with the students who do my programs and, and so many of them are, I would say 90% of them are women is that so many of them are then passing on amazing um, ideas, emotions, beliefs about money to their children um, so that your children don't have to go through the tumultuous relationship that you have been through with money. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared with us today, Donna. It's been an absolute blessing to have you on this podcast. Oh, it's been just, yeah, I, I love you. I adore your work and I've adored having you as a participant on so many of my programs. And thank you for the opportunity to share this with your listeners. Ah, thank you, Donna. What a blessing this has been. Now, everybody, let's just for a moment focus our intention on this magical, inspiring energy that's been activated during this conversation. And for a moment, imagine sending that energy to everybody, everywhere on our planet, to remember that we are all truly one and that we all have the ability to, to move out of scarcity consciousness and to lead lives that are filled with abundance, which is indeed our divine birthright. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here.